Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Yeah, good evening. This is Love Sport Radio with the London Football Fans. Just talking all things Arsenal until 9pm tonight. Um, yeah, we've got we've got a, a broad range of topics to be talking about Loads tonight. A topics. busy old show in store. Uh, as always, you can get in touch with us via Twitter at Love Sport Radio. Uh, Facebook, if you want to get in touch. If you're a Facebooker. If you're a Facebook, you can send us a message on Facebook. Uh, but you can call us, 0208 Uh Suburban Guna Chris is in the building doing his best Gareth Southgate impression. Good is this going to gonna become you. a thing every week? Yep. <laughs> you've, you've maintained this for about yeah. five Hold months. Hold on, you've just mugged Paul Charlie off about his water diet. <laughs> Do you know what? I love him. I love him. And you, you I don't know who you think you it's are. It's become evident. He's I arrived know. as if some sort of January transfer window style. You know, he's just turned up and all of a sudden he's a he's a... An Aaron favourite. He is. And what about me? I've just been plugging away, you know, the water carrier. Everyone likes a new signing though, don't they? Exactly. Shiny new signing. Poor poor Charlie looks like he's just done the marathon. I've run it. You you turn around to him and said, oh, you know what, that water diet evidently ain't working. (laughs) Apologise. Well, I'm sorry. Thank you Do you know what? I'm so jealous of Charlie that I thought I'd get someone even newer in this week. Yeah, give us the the lowdown on, on the new signing. Well, so, uh, I am Jim. I'm um, trying to do by Twitter handle. How do we do this? Yeah, do it. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm Eastlower on Twitter, which I've had a blog for many years. Um, it's nice to be called new because I feel, <laughs> I feel pretty old. But um, thank you for that. It's a good start. Yeah, Jim, Jim, Jim is in the building. Charlie's in the building. Chris is in the building. Uh, gents, let's look back at yesterday's uh, win over Southampton. Uh, a two-nil win. A lot of people said a big two-nil win. A good two-nil win. Decent. Yeah, first half, we can't get an Arsenal of two halves again. Well, we actually, that's the problem, isn't it? We are getting an Arsenal of two mm. halves. But that first half was interesting. It was actually the best first half of football oh, I'd seen in quite a long time. I thought we played very well. First half, we come out all guns blazing, come out of the front. Um, gets a lot of stick. We've given him a previous stick last couple of weeks. Alex Iwobi, first half, superb. Absolutely brilliant. So get that one out there early doors. Nice good performance. Mm, I agree. I think three quarters of his game is really good at the moment. Mm. It's that final bit, which uh, if he can nail that and get a bit more incisive at the end, finishing and stuff like that, then then you've got a hell of a player on your hands. A bit of final product. I think so. A bit better at that. But yeah, I thought it was a really good first half. It's probably You're probably right. Probably one of the, if not the best first half. Uh, I think quite happened in the second half, but it was good. Really slick into play. Nice. Do you know what? Henrik Mkhitaryan as well. So I've chastised him a bit and I know you have as well Aaron that's why you're smiling oh haven't we all (laughs) but both of them were quite good I thought Mm. Mickey was quite good as well and I actually like that because as an as a nor I like to think of myself as a normal Arsenal fan um as much as we can be normal supporting Arsenal but um I've kind of 
I don't want to seem like I've been getting on his back. I just want all Arsenal players to succeed. I don't care. I don't have any kind of agenda either way. It's just about Arsenal and Arsenal succeeding. And so I feel like I've been maybe having a bit of a downer on Mickey and Iwobi over the last probably three months. So it's actually quite nice and pleasant to be saying nice things about them. No, I agree. And I think since he's come back from his injury, he has looked good, looked lively. I think what we found yesterday as well, the team we started, with no Aubameyang, no Ozil, that front four we had, they're all grafters. You look at you, Lacazette runs, runs and runs and runs, puts the effort in. Mkhitaryan that side, Iwobi that side, and Ramsey in the middle. I thought we had that high pressure, so we were working hard, we looked lots of energy about us. And I, I thought we looked a lot better in the first half. I don't know if it's because of the Aubameyang, some, as much as Aubameyang scores your goals, he doesn't run around and do the dirty stuff for you. So maybe it was because of we had that front four and they were working hard, it was working, running around, sort of, and with Torreira and Xhaka joining in as well. I thought we looked really positive yesterday. And I, 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 I'm so happy we're playing four at the back. I hope, he's, <laughs> I hope he sticks with that going forward. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's one of the things Emery said right when he joined was, you know, I promise you hard work. And at times it's, you know, we've had that really high pressing kind of hard, hard work, but other times less so. And obviously it's a learning curve for him. But I think uh, it showed that those kind of four, like you're saying, they work, that, that hard work, I think is, mm. you know, what, if you're saying what is Emery's DNA, well, I think that kind of side of it is beginning to come out. Is it's, it's, it's that kind of hard yeah, work. Yeah, the protagonists, yeah, as yeah. you said, at the start of the season. I think that it felt a little bit more like the start of the season, Arsenal, where we, when we went on that unbeaten run, we were playing four at the back and we just had, it felt like there was a little bit of just chaos theory with Arsenal at the beginning of the season. It was like, chuck as many of the attacking offensive players as we can into this team and they will get goals. Where it's almost as if like since the new year, the thought process was, well, let's see if we can shore up this, quite frankly, ailing and terrible defence at times. And maybe Emery's just given up and said... Do you know what? They can't defend, so screw it. We're just going to go all the forwards again. I, w- I would have been concerned if you hadn't beaten Southampton. Do you know when the last time they beat you was? At, at home? 1911. 1987. Yeah, I did hear this. I wasn't even you born. You had to do that, didn't you? <laughs> you wasn't even born. No. Now you're making me feel old. Me though. neither. <laughs> all right. Don't rub it in. Help me out here, Jim. No comment. <laughs> 1987. They haven't, they haven't beaten you in 24, uh, 24? 24 attempts at home in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they've also not won any of their 20 away Premier League games against Arsenal, drawing five, losing 15. Um, they've got a horrendous sort of, you know, couple of records on them, uh, Southampton. But I, I, I firmly expected Arsenal to, to, to go there and do a job. Uh, very efficient, kept it simple. Um, good. I mean, I think not travelling midweek as well helped. No? I must add as well, though, although we did play well and it was a good performance, Burnt Leno's save from Redmond in the first five, ten minutes, then we went struck everyone and scored. It could have been all so different had that, because same again, Mustafi tried holding back, everyone else stepped up, one ball over the top, which was very, very, um, happens to quite a bit, and then uh, Leno's made a good save for us, so... And I think he's been excellent signing as well, Leno. I'm, I'm very, I saw we get on to him later on, I'm very pleased with him at the minute. Yeah, I think um, that that was a pivotal moment, no mm. doubt. That, then you know, we could have had a few wobbles after that. Uh, Definitely, I don't know you, that kind of thing with Arsenal. Like when you're one nil up or even two nil up, you think it's still dangerous, still dangerous. It didn't really feel at two nil like anything was going to change, and that's probably what contributed to a slight, you know, a, a pretty average second half. Well, even in the second half, where you're getting to about that 60 minute mark, as an Arsenal fan, like I don't know if it's just me, I was watching it on my phone because I was at a christening. Um, 
so I wasn't watching it in the church, uh, I hasten to add. But there was a moment at about 60 minutes where there was a couple of chances and I just got into that Arsenal fan mindset of we're going to concede now, aren't we? And then we're going to have an absolutely horrendous 20 minutes where we're all sitting on our hands getting a bit worried. Did you not even feel a little bit there? Or? I don't think I did, to be honest. I, I, I didn't think that... It just felt like it was a bit... At that point, it was a, it was a safe game, obviously. Um, you, you're right. If we got 2-1... It's, it's, yeah. But they... But, you know, I met, I met a... Before the game, I met a Saints... Uh, a guy I know is a Saints fan. He said their problem is they can't score and you can see. I think against other teams, maybe we'd have wobbled, but... It's, it's amazing looking at some of the names they have in attack that they can't score. Well, mm. Charlie Austin is normally an absolute guaranteed nailed so, on into Messi goal us. scorer against us. So, yeah. So, Redmond... Austin, Austin, Ings. He's injured at the minute. He's injured he? at yeah. the minute, but you you look at it. They got rid of Gabbiadini, of course. But you know some of the strikers they've had over the years. It's amazing that they can't uh, get a goal. We're going to take a pause on the way back. We're going to carry on looking back at Arsenal versus Southampton and Arsenal versus Bate Borisov as well. This is Love Sport. This program was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Yeah, this is Love Sport Radio with Gunnerstown Radio, your Arsenal fan. You're just pointing, next ne- next Leicester manager. Yeah, Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, are you, are you not surprised? <laughs> I think I think you'll get a job in. Why? That's Why a terrible would he list. <laughs> if you're looking yeah. at it as a Leicester fan, oh, you're not going to be too bunch. happy, are oh, yeah. It's the best of a bad bunch. I mean, literally, what would you expect, though? Um... It's not my job to pick. Get Allardyce <laughs> into end of season. Allardyce, it's Big <laughs> Sam. Give it Big Sam. Uh, yeah, looking back at the Bartow game as well, Arsenal, of course, qualifying for the next round of the Europa League. You kind of expected to, didn't you? Despite, Early goal. Despite, despite the first round defeat. Early goal, settled the nerves. <laughs> but I think it was very early. Yeah. And again, similar to, this, uh, similar to yesterday. We come out a bit, just a bit more attacking, put them on the back foot and you put balls in the box, anything can happen. I think that's something we don't do a lot. We don't, just chuck it in there. We try and pass it around and do that. But no, early goal. Um, they had a couple of chances though, didn't they? We had one off the line. Lichtsteiner clear off the line. Yeah. But Lichtsteiner becoming pivotal in the last two games. Who'd have thought that? I oh, know. I might not go as far as pivotal. But, uh, <laughs> I come on, play, play let's, play let's well. give the guy some. I'm in my. I'm in my. Say nice things about Arsenal players. I've absolutely lambasted all season mode. So I said last week to be fair, I wanted to see Lichtsteiner. I thought he'd do all right in the back four. And against Batty and Bournemouth. Done right. Isn't it the most Arsenal thing ever, though, that he finally manages to string together two decent performances and now he's injured? Yeah. I think he's all right, though, and for Wednesday, I think. He oh, said is he? That Emery said today he should be okay, and okay. Maitland-Niles is back, and Iwobi's okay as well. So, mm. Full squad for Bournemouth Wednesday. So, four at the back? Yeah. Is that it forever now, then? <sighs> I hope so. Until we play Tottenham? I hope, I hope so. I, w- I want to see a four. I think it just gives us so much more balance. You the two in front... With that Xhaka and Torreira or Gunduzi, and I, I personally prefer. I was quite glad we, we we praised Gunduzi, but I'm quite glad he's getting a break. As weird as that sounds, yeah, I think he played a bit too much lately. Yeah, I, I think um, I think he's played pretty well, but uh, high tempo kind mm. of stuff. Um, I, I, I yeah, I think I think the four at the back seems more natural and seems better balanced. But um, that that being said, it's all been a bit sort of schizophrenic in that way. Sometimes we play well with. Three, sometimes we play well with four, and I think he's still trying to work out what's best. But yeah, so. it certainly was, uh, you know, having said that, a few hairy moments against Southampton, but it seems to be a little bit. And then for Lichsteiner as well, if you've got him in the squad, I think you've got to play four. 
yeah. he's not a good wing back. So um, you know, some sometimes circumstances will 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 probably dictate what happens there. Yeah. It was an odd one though, the Barte game, because it was routine, comfortable, one three nil, two headed goals and an own goal. <laughs> it didn't feel like it was as dominant as it came across. It was just I guess Barte were just so average and they that one shot off of the line was pretty much the only effort that I can I can really recall them having it was boring wasn't it it was I, mean, I was sitting there and I was thinking I'm looking around the atmosphere was flat which I know yeah. well I mean you're not you're not exactly expecting you know a carnival for, for no no but like I wanted it's a 6 o'clock kick off yeah. yeah but I wanted to see us pepper them again proper give it to them you know what I mean Batter but them. we didn't we, did, we just sort of got the 1-0 Got one to four half time, and the same same a bit yesterday. Really, we just but it's pragmatic, right? There's no point, isn't it? I mean, what you know, the, but, you knew after it was like two nil. Certainly at three nil, you knew. Well, two nil. Let's like score. Uh, well, no, I know, yeah. but, but again, you know, the, uh, maybe maybe the the away defeat was a bit of an anom- anomaly on that yeah. you know, in that respect. And I think we were we're way better than them. And ultimately, why why go hell for leather in the last half hour when you when you could get an injury or something? And you you do have to be a bit pragmatic about these yeah, things. True. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you and say that, you know, Arsenal versus Bate Boris, if I look at it, I'm just like, nah, nah. It doesn't, I mean, back in the day, you would have expected an Arsenal team to absolutely go out there and, and, and completely and utterly annihilate these guys. But right now, it just feels like something's just very sort of, not stale, but just... There's something that the last 32 of, of the Europa League is is not the most exciting place. No. You know, it really, <laughs> it really isn't. You still, you kind of emerged out of the group stages. There's still 32 teams left. And it's just, yeah. it, it's it's not very exciting. You know, the Europa League might, it gets a bit better at the quarters onwards. But really before that, it's a bit like wading through treacle. Mm. So. Well, even if you think we've got Rennes, I mean, you know, no disrespect to Rennes. And I'm sure they'll give us a bit more difficult game than Barté. And I'm probably making a world for our own backs here. But it's mm. it's not exactly a glamour sort of tie. <clears throat> You'd expect us to still go to France and win and then have a comfortable, he says, comfortable evening at home. It's not really, yeah. Yeah, they're ninth. They're ninth in league. So you know, they, they again. You, you should get. We should get past those. But, you know, it's like th- playing a French West Ham, isn't it's it? It's in between Tottenham and Man United as well, isn't it? And we're, we're going to go on later on about the United game. But that that's massive. That you know, that United game, I think, is going to sort of determine the fourth place spot. So, with that in mind, do we go out there with a weakened side, so to speak, and sort of rest players? I think he will. I think he'll make some changes and rest players for that. Um, so that's when we could get... And that's the away. first leg, right? Isn't it? Yeah, the first yeah. leg's away, yeah. So first leg away, then United on the Sunday, and then them again on the Thursday. And then we've got a three-week break, haven't we, to the 1st of April or something. Did you want to have break. your sort of uh, soapbox moment about the ticket? I think it's important highlighting it, the ticket situation. And yes. The way that we were drawn out of the hat first. And still play away from home, which is bizarre. How does that happen? Well, I, what I, do, I, I mean, I go all the European games, and what I tend to do is get a bit of paper organised. Who can we get? Where the airports are? What airlines? And within seconds of the draw being made, I'm on it, and I book it, and I'm very organised. Yeah, right? very organised. I'm normally booking about ten to twelve people as well. So it's very organised. I've got passport details a lot. Um, so I looked at Europa League, <laughs> saying whoever's drawn out first are at home so we come out and unlike Champions League games you know you definitely play on a Thursday so it was 14th of March if we were away if we was away so I see it 14th of March straight on the Eurostar booked it for eight of us all of a sudden it's all come through lovely saved myself I think I've got about 140 quid return booked a hotel lovely booking.com clicked 
half an hour later, the game changed. I was like, I double checked it, run up Eurostars, extra 50, 50 odd quid to change it to, per person, like to change the train. Hotel said, no, booked it, can't cancel it. So I lost 450 quid there. Um, and then obviously just. Uh, oh, we've got a. We've got we've got an interlude. Yeah, I think I think it is um, it is a bit of a a bit of a nightmare, really. If you're booking tickets, um, but I think the worst thing about it is that we came out first, and so that's Charles' water alarm going off. <laughs> 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 just say just say it's time drink. for another time for, for another, another drink, for another bottle pop. Sorry, mate, you were saying no, but it's, and obviously as you know, you think you, you you're organised, you think you've got everything planned, and then UEFA. For one reason, I've decided to change it for the sake of Arsenal and Chelsea can't play on telly the same night. Well, it's not they can't. This is the thing we're trying to work out. Yeah. We couldn't quite yeah. get our head around it because we played on the same night against. They had Malmo and we had. Oh Borisov, yeah, Barca. So yeah, but the by the time it's to do with the timing. But you know, if it's any consolation, which it probably isn't, because you lost a load of money, um, they're not particularly happy about it either, Ren, because it means they get to play second leg away. And that's an advantage. Uh, for, uh, being it's a, being it's a, for an yeah, Arsenal, exactly. Yeah, well, it should be. Yeah, should be. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's very frustrating. Put it that way. Would you, given that that we're now away in the first leg, would you still would you just put out a really really strong team, get the job done, and then take it back to the Emirates and rotate? He, he, I think I think the way Charlie's looking at it is is you can have Spurs, you can have a lot of tired bodies. Let's be fair, and then you know you've got that Europa League game away. Don't get me wrong, France isn't very far. No. Uh, excuse you, and then uh, you know you've got Manchester United at, at, at the Emirates as well, which let's be fair is a game you you want to be winning. That is that is the one I think, and and we got the Rennes game in the second leg. We've got a three week break after that. I just don't think you can take that risk. No. On, on, on the, well, two things. Firstly, um, our form's been a bit patchy in terms of how we're playing, not just the results, but how we're playing. Soon, like if if yes, if the Southampton game was a little bit more form picking up. Stick with the same guys. That's what I would do. Mm. Now, you know, it's too risky because fourth place is, is not easy. And um, so, to, you know, if it all went wrong out on the away leg at Wren, then and because you hadn't played a strong enough side, then, you know, it doesn't look good, does it? So I'm kind of of the opinion that if it's going well, don't change it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what's easier? Because, you know, you beat Wren in the... If we beat Wren over two legs and court, we're getting to the quarterfinal stages, then you're basically what like five games from being in Europe and are those games going to be more difficult than the running that we've got and I think again this comes to the pivotal point of those Tottenham and Man United games because I'm uh, ever the pessimist and I'm not looking forward to that Tottenham game I never look forward to a North London derby anyway but I'm not looking forward to that game I'm not as confident as I would have been obviously if we were at home I don't know I, I get the feeling particularly because of our patchy away form that the Europa League might be the better shout and so therefore should we just be playing the strongest team first get it done think about that rotation just uh, get through Lacazette suspended isn't he both games you see that which are yeah, harsh bit, I'd be very harsh I thought for that so Aubameyang's going to start down the middle we like to think it's, it's a difficult one I think we've got enough in certain positions we can rotate it we've left back Monreal Kolasinac you could do either or Kunduzi in the middle, rest Torreira maybe. So we should have enough to beat Rennes. I I would make a couple of give a couple of people a few games. Not I wouldn't make wholesale changes, but rest people maybe. Maybe someone like Koscielny maybe is a bit delicate at the moment and sort of 
or if, if Socrates is not fully fit. Because for me, they're out. At, if we're going to play two at the back, they're the two for me. I, yeah, I think Socrates is probably our strongest one at the moment. Yeah, and I wouldn't boy. drop him at all. No. Also, he's been out. So, you know, he's, he's um, had an enforced break anyway. So yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think we've had so many problems with our defence that ultimately you should, um, if you've got a slight formula that's working, stick with it. He's going to play Czech, isn't he? Definitely. Yeah. Gents, we're going to take a break. On the back of this, we're going to be talking to Chris Davidson. He's an Arsenal FC writer. Uh, we're going to be hearing about his thoughts on the Europa League draw and that win against Southampton. We've all got one, and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. Yeah, this is Love Sport Radio with uh, Gunnerstown Radio. Let's talk now to uh, Chris Davidson, Arsenal writer. Um, Chris, we're talking about the the potential team changes. Uh, firstly, good evening. We're talking about the potential team changes and what lineup Unai Emery should be looking at um, for that game against Ren, that first leg game sandwiched in between the North London derby and a massive game against Manchester United. What are your thoughts? Yeah, good evening, guys. Um, I think um, there's probably going to be a few changes. I don't know. You know, we've seen quite a few changes in the Europa League um, uh, so far this season. Um, I take it you are on about the Europa League game, are you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you know. I think yeah, there'll be a few changes. Definitely. Um, you know, we've seen a couple of the youngsters appear um, before, um, but um, obviously a couple of them have been loaned out. So I think there'll be changes for sure. Um, obviously, Lacazette's still banned for two games, I think, as well. So obviously, Aubameyang should get the the, the, the nod there. Um, and it's, it's the, on, let's be honest, it's not a bad replacement anyway. Bamiang to come into the team, um, I think you know he'll be he'll be um, more than more than capable to do the job for us. Um, but uh, they need to be strong teams. Now it's all fair and well, obviously, when we're in the group stages, changing the squad a bit, um, uh, you know, giving youngsters a chance. But now we're in this last 16. Now when it's getting closer and closer. Um, to the to the last stages of the of the of the, uh, the competition, we need to be putting strong teams out and um, really go for it. I think. Hey, Chris, it's Chris here. Um, Hi, mate. Yeah, do you think that we have a better shot? We were just talking about this just before you came on. Do you think we've got a better shot of getting into the Champions League through the, winning the Europa League than we do with the league, given that Man United game and that Tottenham game that looms on the horizon? Yeah, I think I think we probably do. Um, we have a better chance in it by getting in there by, uh, via Europa League. I think um, obviously uh, Chelsea are sort of all over the place at the moment and and really inconsistent. Obviously, lots of controversy at the club at the moment. Um, so we, we don't really know how their their season is going to sort of go from now onwards. Um, uh, Man United doing very well now. Um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has done a great job since going in there. So they're. they're Getting closer now and, and being more of a threat um, more than Chelsea are. Um, so I think you know, obviously, it depends on what those two teams do. Um, if if uh, we're looking at the league this season, um, I think them, them, them two teams are going to have a massive say on it, of course. But looking at the, the teams that are left in the Europa League, um, there's a mixture there. Um, I'm just about to say, Chris, which ones do you think are the most dangerous to us in the Europa League? What ones worry you? Um. Hard to say because even when we say a team like Reigns, for example, you know they've got a few good players in there, and they, they, whoever we face now, it's not going to be easy because they've got to the stages where we're at, and with you know last game against Bait Borisov, I know the second second game at the Emirates was a bit easy, but we made things hard for ourselves in the first leg. 
Um, we've got to be really careful now, whoever we face, I think. Uh, there's, there's always surprises in, in these sort of competitions. Um, and obviously, uh, even if we face Chelsea now, I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> if we got drawn against Chelsea, you know, a good old uh, London, London derby in the Europa League, and I'd, I'd fancy our chances. But look, you know, whoever we face now, we've got to be, we've got to be on our on our game because it's not going to be easy. I mean, it's all fair. Well, I could pick out some some big names in there, but um, I think we've got to be on our game now with whoever we face. Um, and, and really, I think. Obviously, when uh, Unai Emery came in this season, we knew you know the the, the success in the competition, and everyone was saying, "Oh, we've got a great chance this season in the Europa League," because you know Unai Emery, uh, Unai Emery's record in in the competition. And I think you know, obviously, we've we've got a, a decent team to go on and and, and potentially go on and do the, do the um, do the business in in, in the Europa League. But um, whoever we face now is going to be tough. I'd like to think we can go all the way, but you never know. Chris, just changing the subject ever so slightly, um, I've seen some stuff today about Denis Suarez and the fact that Arsenal might exercise the, um, or they might be looking to actually make a purchase on him mm. towards the end of the season. I don't yeah. know if you've heard anything. Your general thoughts on that at this stage, given that yeah, he's already played? Been, yeah, there's been there's been a lot of talk ever since when he did come in um, on transfer deadline day and even before when we were in talks with him um, about the £18 million pound, um, fee that was mentioned um, to take him permanently from Barcelona. Now, quite rightly said by quite a few journalists and, and fans in general, when you've got Mkhitaryan and Awobi playing well um, and in good form at the moment, um, it's difficult for Suarez to actually come into the team and, and make an impact. Um, you know, and it was always going to take time for him to, to adjust a little bit anyway, as it does for any new player in a, in a, in a, in a new team. So when you've got, obviously, Awobi and Mkhitaryan, like I said, looking good at the moment, I think that's probably had an impact on Dennis Suarez's playing time. Um, obviously, he didn't, he didn't come on at all uh, at the weekend. Um, and I, I, think, I think this is where we could see him probably start on, uh, in the Europa League against Reigns, um, because I think it's, it's probably a good opportunity for him to, to, to um, come in. Um, but again, you know, like I said a moment ago, you've, you've still got... A, a good team out, a strong team out in the, these last stages of the, the competition. Um, and Awobi and Mkhitaryan are looking good at the moment. But um, I think I think he deserves a chance. You know, we've got to see what he's he's he's, he's made of. We've got to see um, see him on the pitch uh, and play a fair bit of football. Obviously, he's only come off the bench a couple of times now for the last ten twenty minutes. Um, and he's he's looked he's looked a, a tidy little play. He looked good. Um, but I think um, now, uh, um, in the coming um, weeks, we could hopefully see him feature a bit more. I just don't want him to turn into a Kim Kalstrom. No, I think no. he'd be a bit better than that. Although a cup, fi- uh, you know, a cup semi-final you know, winning penalty. penalty might be yeah. useful. I think uh, he's, onto, yeah. he's onto, onto a bit of a hiding to nothing for me, because I think, you know, like, you, like you alluded to, it's really hard to make uh, much impact in a very, very short period of time. He doesn't mm. know the league that well. I know he was at City for a while, but... Um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd be very surprised at this point if he was if they exercised the option to, especially with the kind of money that we're meant to not have. <laughs> I think that's a purchase we don't need to make. Chris, yeah. look, looking forward to Bournemouth on Wednesday. Obviously, mm. Unai made a few changes this weekend. Surprisingly, I think if he, I think he surprised a few people with Ozil on the bench and Bamiang on the bench. Yeah. What do you expect this Wednesday, team-wise, selection-wise? Um, I think hopefully we can see. Um, Bamiang possibly possibly start, but again, I mean, 
uh, as I said even before the, the yesterday's game, uh, we've got to be careful with Aubameyang. As much as I, he's a fantastic player, he should be starting every game. Quite rightly, he's one of the best players we've got. But we've got to be careful with the, with the Europa League in mind now because, like I said, obviously Lacazette's um, out for the next two games ban. Um, so if we if we were to lose to Aubameyang, knowing the, the, the luck we have with injuries <laughs> sometimes, that would be a ma- massive blow. So we've got to be cautious with him, but I'd like to see him uh, feature. Um, again, I think... Um, Ramsey should maybe get another start. Gwendouzi, mix it up a little bit. You know, I think it, it's just a tough though because I think we played really well yesterday. Um, I know the the first half was a lot better than the second, but we looked good. And people say, uh, well, South, Southampton, you know, what do you expect? They've been poor all season, but we looked good. Um, I think it's. Would you have Ozil back in the squad team? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah. I would. I would. I think um, again, he's he's. When Ozil's on his day, he's, he's a fantastic player. He's a, re- he's a really good player. You know, I've said that before. And um, he, he needs to be playing these these games. You know, Southampton, Bournemouth, in my opinion. You know, because obviously he's, he's he's not had that many opportunities this season. Um, so you think if he's going to play, he's going to play against these sort of teams in, in midweek games and in between bigger games like maybe the North London derby and stuff. In which I must say, I personally think he should be playing anyway. But you know, if you can't if you can't get a start uh, on Wednesday, then I, I just I can't see if he's still going to be out and in and out of the team uh, for the remainder of the season, um, and he's not going to become a regular starter again. I I do find it difficult um, and uh, to see how he will be here next season. I really do. What do you think he has to do? Sorry, this is Jim here. What do you think he has to do, Chris, to um, to get into the team for the Spurs game? It feels feels like unlikely to me. I can't see get, personally. I can't see him get with the way we want to work I work think, rate. I can't see Ozil starting against Tottenham. I think he needs mm. to do more hashtag Dennis Burkamp uh, tweets personally. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially, that might be that might be. Um, but um, I think Emery's come out and said, hasn't he? You know about um, it's, it's in Ozil's hands now, and you know he, uh, Emery is obviously clearly told Ozil what he wants from him, um, and. Uh, Obviously, by, from what it looks and sounds like, Emery hasn't seen that, um, you know, yet uh, so far in his, his uh, managerial reign at the club. He hasn't seen enough from Ozil on the training ground, or maybe it was pre-season. Something uh, there's, there's something's happened where and, uh, uh, Emery's just said, right, you, you're just you're just not ready for for my starting eleven now. And it could be, it could be. I mean, people say with obviously statistics and numbers when people argue against one another that you know. Oh, but Özil, you know, this, these numbers and statistics does show down, does show that Özil closes down, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and it's not his work rate; that's his problem. I think it's just that, you know, when we watch Özil, um, he can come across his body language just comes across as if he he, is, he doesn't work as hard as the rest of the, the team. And um, I don't I, honestly, I wish I could put my finger on it. I think maybe that is how he's come across to Roy Emery. Maybe he does want that hard-working. Uh, player in the team that does, does non-stop running um, and, and closes down. I don't. I, I wish I could put my finger on it. Like I said, if something's being said or Emery's seen something uh, from Özil that he just doesn't think um, is good enough for, for for what he wants at the moment. I think. Uh, Chris, thank you for joining us this evening. Brilliant insight as ever, Chris Davison, their Arsenal writer, uh, with us here on Gunners Town Radio. Up next, we're going to be talking all things 
Monchi. Looking forward to that. Love Sports. Yep, this is Love Sport Radio. We're Gunners Town Radio talking all things Arsenal until 9pm tonight. As always, you can get involved with the conversation. 0208 70 20 558. We're talking uh, all things backroom points. As Chris just said, Arsenal fan base are probably the only club out there who, who actually get excited over uh, over backroom appointments. Um, it's brilliant. And also in despair when one leaves on Twitter when Mintzelat left. It's like the whole world had ended. <laughs> who left? Who left? Sven. Who? What's his name? <laughs> Mintzelat. What's, what's his name? Mintzelat. Isn't Mintzelot. that something you get down Mintzelot. the butchers? <laughs> is it on Mislinta? Well, <laughs> your pronunciation is better than mine. Something like that. Sven. Something like that. Um, we are looking at a piece uh, that's been dished out by a few different media outlets. Uh, the headline writes, Arsenal transfer news Monchi agrees deal to become Ghana's sporting director. Uh, the body of it says it appears Arsenal getting closer to naming Monchi as the club's new sporting director. The 50-year-old uh, is good friends with Ghana's manager Unai Emery. According to Il Messaggiaro, Arsenal uh, presented their <coughs> offer to the Spanish director of football after the Premier League club decided they will pay the £2 million needed to activate the buyout clause in his Roma contract. The Italian website Indi that he has agreed to the terms and will leave Italy before the end of the season. Now, my question to you is, is this uh, a man who's going to come and bring the good times back to the Emirates or back to Arsenal, if you like? Because, or, or, or are we seeing someone who's there to get people on the cheap and, and look for cut-price bargains? Can I just say, I love the mental image of someone presenting their offer to someone. Is it on, on, on some kind of a silver dish? I like this a lot. A yeah, it's, it's like it, it's like, well. it's sort of like a Henry the uh, Henry the yeah. sort of kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, a bit I, of parchment. <laughs> oh, even on parchment, either one. And a cleaves. Huh? It sounds classy. So um, yeah, you know, he he um, he has to do both the things. He's got, <clears> he's got to he's got to get us players that can be saleable uh, because we haven't done that at all well in the last sort of four or five years. You know, quite the opposite. So he needs to find players that, that whose value is going to go up and he needs to get us back in the top four, the thing that we lamented Wenger trying to do year after year. But it is, you know, absence makes the heart yeah. grow fonder. So um, he's got all that to do. And uh, yeah, the other guy is Mislin Tat or, uh, or whatever you want to call him. He, Mintel, he, <laughs> Mintel Tat. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know much of, enough of Like, it's this whole backroom thing you're talking mm. about. I don't know enough about the bloke to really. He was here for a year. The few players came in, some of whom have looked good, others... Not so much. And um, we can speculate all we like, but, uh, you know, ultimately a year isn't really long enough to make a, a judgment on someone. And um, somebody needs to come in and replace him. And this seems like is the bloke. What's interesting, I think, actually, sorry, I'm, I'm no, no, going on now. What is interesting is the fact that they're his mates with Emery. It's quite interesting that, so obviously, um, Emery has the backing of, I mean, we know that anyway, but um, the way football works, people start asking questions when results don't go so well. So he's obviously... Uh, coming in because he knows um, Emery's here and he likes him and he's going to be here for a while. So that's quite interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what? I do wonder about how much power Emery seems to have accumulated. Well, whether, I don't know, so I'm speculating here. How much power has he accumulated from when he first took on the job? Because we were all, you know, there's Gazidis showing him around <coughs> the stadium. You know, there's the... There's the, the office. There's the office. Canteen. There's the canteen, all of that stuff. <laughs> and it seemed like he was... Your job is to coach the players, and there you go, away you go. Leave the rest of it to us. And it feels to me like this type of appointment, I don't know, I'm speculating, but has Emery had a bit more influence? Has his influence grown over the season within the club? 
I just wonder if Emery, if if Monchi will get the right tools to to work with. I mean, it's all well and good buying a a lovely Ferrari, but if you're not putting petrol in it, then what's the point? If you, if you're not financing them properly no, to go and get those players, it's not always about financing. Look at Chelsea. Of course it is. He's director of football. No, 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 no. But but it's it's about it's about sort of spending the the right money on the right players. Look at Chelsea for example. They spent over 130 million on Kepa and Jorginho. Yeah? But they haven't got a director of football. No, but what I'm saying is, but we with the same sort of money, we've we same sort of money, we've gone and brought Torreira and Leno. And I know about the, I'd, I'd rather have our two than their two, that's for sure. So it's about buying the right players for the right money. They, have, they haven't got they haven't they haven't got anyone in recruitment. No one knows who who's making these purchases. That's the problem. Yeah, they've got they, 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 they've got Marina. Is, yeah, who has no footballing background whatsoever? You've got Sven. Sven, what's his name? Not anymore. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. Who, 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 what he brought in Leonard, didn't he? He brought in Lacazette. He brought in Aubameyang. He didn't bring Lacazette. He brought in Aubameyang. He brought in Leno. He brought in the, the signings in the summer. The, uh, to be fair, again, if you're a director of football, yeah, we brought all players before that, though, before he came. But, in. You, but no, it's an you're, interesting you're, point. You're only as good. You're only as good as 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 the money you're given. Let's be fair. If if you've got a budget for something, your job is to go and get the best out of that budget. And and I don't see the point of bringing in someone like Monchi if he's not going to be given the right budgets well, to go we, and we, operate. You, in. We don't know what his budget is. That's and, the and, thing. And that forty million nonsense scan about us. That's not the. That's just, I don't know why I had that come out. Scaremongering people. It's not going to be forty million. Good. He's been working. At, he's at Roma, right? So he's at Roma. they don't have the same kind of money to throw around that exactly. City and Chelsea have. So he's he won't, he'll be used to that. To and the players he took through Seville as well. Rakitic, Danny Alves. People, all people, good footballers. He sort of brought on stage mm. when he was at Seville, and they've all come through there. So I'm happy with. I've got to trust Arsenal on it. Of course. Uh, we are going to take a break. We're going to be speaking to uh, Adam Digby, Italian uh, football <coughs> expert, next, uh, talking all things Monchi. Do join us for it. Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio. Yeah, uh, this is Love Sport with Gunners Town Radio talking all things Arsenal till 9pm tonight. Can't quite get hold of Adam Digby yet, um, but we're talking all things Monchi. Um, and, and we were sort of cut off in the midst of our mini, mini sort of tete-a-tete that we we're having about him. Um, I'm convinced that if you give the guy, if you're getting in a guy of his quality, let's be, he is quality. That then you need to give him the right, uh, the, the right bit of funding, the right backing to do his job adequately and take Arsenal back to where they should be. Maybe he doesn't need that though. Maybe because he's done that at Sevilla, maybe and he's done that at Roma. Maybe he doesn't need that, but maybe he sees something like Arsenal as a project where actually they're bigger clubs than Roma and Sevilla, and so this is my opportunity to make my mark. But I don't have to do that with. The mega bucks. Maybe he has had the conversations. Maybe he knows what he's getting. Maybe he knows he's got a nice big budget to play with. I reckon he does. Yeah, but I you do. wouldn't come in if they said you've got three million not. quid. Of yeah. course chest. not. Of course not. There's a little war chest there for him to play I with. I love that phrase. Arsenal coming back to the big time. What, with a war chest? With a big war chest. How many players <laughs> do you need to go out and buy if he's, if he's coming in? I think we need a big centre-half. Like, I mean, as, a, as in like a... A starter who you build your defence around, like Liverpool, done with like Van, Van Dijk. Yeah, we need someone who's going to come in there, who's going to make all the players better. Another right back. 
But it's going to have to be someone who's going to accept their number two. It's Bellerin. Unless you just get, you just try and get somebody who's uh, close or young and an opportunity and say, look, that's what happened with Debushi. I actually think Debushi was a good footballer and I thought he was just unfortunate. Before he got injured and Atovic whacked him into the balls, didn't he, for Stoke. Before he'd done that, he was playing really well. When we got him from Newcastle, wasn't he France? He was playing in the French squad. He was decent, yeah. I mean, what about about Maitland-Niles? Because I'm, you know, if a a guy's going to come through, he has to be given a chance. Otherwise, you know, your career dies a death. It looks like, well, it looks like that's where he's been played. Mm. And ultimately, if we brought someone else in who stood in his path, then you can think it's probably not a great sign for him, is it? So, it depends if you can keep Bellerin fit, but if you could, then maybe he's just he's just standing. I think it's a bit risky, though. I think Maitland-Niles has got between now and the end of the season to make that spot his own if he stays fit. Yeah, and I think and what I've seen so far, a lot. I mean, I want him to do well because he's young. He's an Arsenal fan. He's come for the ranks, but he hasn't stood out to me as a. And I've got a call. He's playing well at the moment, and you do give him benefit of doubt because he's young and Arsenal. But you, the mere fact you're still putting, you, you don't know who your strongest right back is. No, but you need, you know, everybody <coughs> needs a sort of 10 game. To, yeah. to, to, to really judge someone, you say, let, let's a minimum of 10 games in that position, staying fit, and you get into the rhythm of the game, and this, that, and the other. And then you can say, yeah, he's got something. But the poor bloke, you know, not always his fault, or not at all his fault, but he's been injured a lot. So what, what can you do? You know, you've got to, um, you do have to take your chances. But also, if you're in and out and playing 20 minutes here or a game there, it's really, really hard to get up to, to any kind of level. What about Aaron Rambasaka? Someone that, you know, there's been plenty of talk over over the weekend. £40 million. Pounds. I'll see that. Some, someone, That's a you lot know. of money. No, it's, it isn't. The Shani wants to Are stay you, in London. Did you just say that's a lot of money? For him. Not for our war for chest. Cri- <laughs> Crystal Palace. If you, I Crystal don't... Palace are laughing at that offer going, at uh, new. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is... I, regardless of how big this war chest is, is it really gonna? <laughs> is, is it, it really gonna stretch to a, I think he's a forty million pound I think, right back? I, I, th- I think he'll cost someone fifty million pound. I think Chilwell will cost someone fifty million pound, and I think that that club is is Tottenham. I think Chilwell is the one we we, we should go out for. If we well, get him. Back. Yeah, we we need a. To be fair, both of them. I th- I th- I personally think Wambasaka and Chilwell will end up at Tottenham. I think they'll outlay hundred million pound on them. I think. The, I mean, the depressing Tottenham. reality is 100%. fifty million pounds is what you. If you yeah. look at Man City, I know so they, I know they inflate it, it, but that no, that and they've got like two players pretty much in every position that cost roughly. That's not strictly true, but they have got a lot of players about that value. Not many that are much higher than that, but the, that's what you need to pay if you want to get someone in. But one thing we need to do, we do need to do, we need English players badly. There's one player I was just about to say I've been You're watching. You're not going to go all Brexit on me, are you? John? No, 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 no. But we I've, need I've, English players. I've been watching since the start of the season. Right back place in Norwich James Max Aaron's. Yes. What a player. We've been I see his link with him in January. That is someone we and someone like him, you can get him in as a right back. Class young act. English English lad. How old? No, he's, he's about nineteen. Yeah, he's nineteen. So, he, so that's the sort of And profile. he's playing for, he's playing first team football in the championship yep. in a tough division. Top of the league. Top of the league. And I watched him Saturday, this kid was like a Rolls Royce. He will jump at a chance to come to Arsenal. And he'd be happy to play second field with the Bellerin at first, the, the step up. The thing is, as well, he's probably going to get the first two months exactly, in the team. So, you know, he'll get a good... How much would someone... If they go up, though, how much is someone going to cost? That, that, but that's the thing. It, they will go up. Yeah. The, the, the football they're playing right now, unless they go on some major school... Catastrophic... There's just mm. a catastrophic implosion... They were very fortunate on Saturday, wasn't they? No, they, I, I think that their their class showed at the end. Yeah. I, I was I was fortunate enough to be there, and for you know for an hour, Bristol City were just strong, 
really, really strong in the way they defended against them. And they, they got a couple of brilliant goals, but Norwich's quality was there at the end. They attacked and attacked and attacked. And, that you know, Aaron's is a class. Brings a good play. Look at Madison at Leicester. He comes from uh, Norwich, did not he? Yes, and he, and I, and I'd, have, I'd have him in there. They've, got, they've got a good manager there, Daniel Farker. He's yeah. a really, really good manager, uh, playing really decent football. So we, we might need to find a new number ten uh, come the summer. No, let's be honest. S- someone rate. like Max Aaron, he, he's someone I think we should be looking at. Someone like that, a young. But does he end up like another Chambers? <sighs> but, but you know, the thing about this interesting point about the whole um, homegrown thing. I don't know what the numbers are and how many we've got and how many we need. But because um, my assumption all along was that Chambers would probably get sold to raise some cash in the summer. He's done all right at DM for Fulham, but you know, mm. I imagine there's some money to be made there. But then, if it's a consideration about um, homegrown players, maybe maybe he stays in and as a sort of backup. Well, you, got through, you think Welbeck's going to go in the summer? You think Jenkinson, his contract runs out, he's going to go? Jenkinson will never leave. We know this. Does his contract run out in the summer, though, doesn't it? He's got the infinite contract. <laughs> he's, got the, he's, he's exercised his right <laughs> with his Arsenal bedsheets to stay forever. So that's, that's, that could be another two, and then maybe Chambers. There could be three British players living there, and Ramsey, obviously. So there's four. We need, we need to sign British players. That homegrown quota needs to be boosted up, doesn't it? Yes, massively. Ryan Sessegnon? No. no. He hasn't really done it, has he? <laughs> We yeah. were in stereo. <laughs> but Chilwell was the one because I think we need a left back more than we do a right. So if you spend, but the le- money- Leicester, Leicester don't need the money. Fifty million pound, they'll hold. They'll hold. Harry Maguire centre off. There's a lot of good gems in those leagues. I think you ignore it As too, for too many years. Some of the bigger clubs have ignored it. And actually, if you see what Liverpool did with Robertson, he's been sensational. Yeah. And um, mm. and Maguire at Leicester has been very from good. Charlton. So you know, if you get it, if you get it wrong, of course, you know, then then you get it wrong. We got holding. holding as well. But um, if you get it right, then then there's there's good value there. Yes, I think we are. And then going forward, more attacking-wise, obviously I've seen the stuff last week. We talked about stuff with Lacazette maybe being an asset we could sell. Absolutely not. Keep him. Keep a Bamiyang. Get a wide man in. I've seen this thing with Pepe from Lille. And I see. I read somewhere today that that's come right on. That's coming on again. Mm. So we need attacking. You've got an expensive wish list, Charlie. I love it. But it's not, though. If you, if you actually work it out, and the players we've got going out that you'd like to think we could make some money from. Lots such as? <laughs> I would get rid of Ozil in the summer. Who's going to buy him? I know, I know, I know, I know. Wages, wise, get him off the wages. I think Mikas Heron could be sold in the summer. Yeah, I think, he, I think he could. I think you could go to somewhere in Germany. His stock in Germany is really, really high. I think you could go to Germany. I think, I think, I think he would be someone Arsenal might be trying to. To me, off. he's like I know he played quite well in the last, you know, in the last couple of games. But he's your kind of classic old winger in that you blow hot and cold, mm. and he really does blow hot and cold. And, mm. and again, not all his, not all his fault because of injuries and what have you. But he's on a massive two hundred twenty-five grand a week, on a massive salary, and that's a and that's he's big thirty. Club. And you think if you're going to sell him, now's the time. I think yeah, and I think I think I think he'd be one of the ones that we would try to maybe offload in the summer. Yeah, um, and then it all depends if we can get Champions League football. War chest's going to be even bigger. Is it attracts better players. Mm, that optimism. I do love that I love optimism. the optimism as oh, well. I'm very Charles. optimistic. We can, you know what's going to happen? I think all this water's getting to your head. We're going to win your Europa League and we're going to do United a favour because you're going to finish fifth and we're going to get you in it. <laughs> Oi, really? Is that doesn't actually happen though, does it? I, th- I think... I'm looking around at my no, colleagues I here. I think that was. What, so if, you're, if you win it... So if we won the Europa League and, and finished fourth. fourth and finished fourth, then the fifth, I think they would. I yeah, think the fifth it, does go in. I think or did they it. change the rules on that? That's a good point. I don't no, I think, know. I think that is Maybe. the fifth. I think it, I think that is the case. I still think I think United you know, finished fourth personally. I think it, in that game in two weeks' time is going to determine quite a lot. It will. It really, really 
Uh, well, as usual, we're taking your calls this evening. 0208 70 if you want to get involved. Uh, Nottingham Forest and Derby are playing for the Brian Clough Trophy this evening. It's Forest 1, Derby 0 at the moment. We'll keep you up to date with what goes on at the city ground. Gents, just uh, very quickly looking back at uh, some of the other draws in the Europa League. Are you happy you avoided some other teams? Are you happy you got Wren or did you want a big name? Do you know what? Last season, the standout one was Atletico Madrid, and provided we avoided them until you get to the final, then I always felt, you know, no team worries me. And Chelsea was the only team that worried me until recently. Yeah, they don't worry me now at all. And it's just... I don't know, they play pretty... They did actually play. The really the really frustrating thing, I imagine not we're going to sit here and talk too much about Chelsea for obvious reasons, but I thought he they just about got it right until the point when it, when it yeah. all went colla- uh, yeah, kind of collapsed with the whole... Um, I felt a bit sorry for him yesterday. Well, did you see? Yeah, I thought... And, and uh, I, oh, no, I don't want to talk too much about Chelsea, but that I think it's a disgrace, that Kepa thing. I Bizarre. really do. I, I, if I was a Chelsea fan, I wouldn't want to see him back again. But, but what is... There is no precedent for that, is there? Because no. what what more can Sari do? Like if Kepa just sat on and crossed his legs and sat on the floor, can he? Can the manager literally just be like, "Someone go and get a stretcher, please," and just get him off? Like what? So, what are the like you say, like say, it's uncharted it's territory. But I think it'll blow over because ultimately he's a very good keeper, and you know, is you, he? You, you, yeah, I think he is. And, and he costs seventy five million. Well, that as well. But I, I think ultimately, you, you know, it will get blown over somehow. It'll get um, you know brushed under the carpet. But that's the thing. Kepa is more valuable to Chelsea than Sarri. Of course, because they've of paid they pay more money on a weekly wage. They've paid a fee for him, and Sarri, you know, all right, they probably had to. Uh, no, did he leave? He left um, Napoli of his own accord, didn't he? he? They didn't have to buy him out of his contract. Yeah. But, you know, it would cost Chelsea more money to get rid of their goalkeeper than it would to get rid of Sarri. So it's bizarre. Fortunately, that is the like modern that. game, isn't it? Yeah. It's player over man, player power and so on. Player power is becoming such a, a big, big thing uh, these days. Of course, plenty of talk over the future of, uh, of Maurizio Sarri. Um, but back onto the draw. I thought it was very, very strange how supposedly the top eight in left of the competition all avoided each other. Did you, did you notice that? They Are all... you crying conspiracy? What, Benfica, Inter, Sevilla, Arsenal, Chelsea, Chelsea Arsenal, Valencia, Napoli, all yeah. avoiding each other. My favourite conspiracy about that was the old FA Cup conspiracy where they used to say you'd heat up the balls. Hot balls. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, don't touch the hot balls or whatever it is. Uh, I don't know about hot balls, but I'm sure there'll be a few of them in, in the studio right now. We're going to go for a short pause. On the back of this, we'll have your news. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Yeah, this is Love Sport Radio with Gunners Town Radio talking all things Arsenal until 9pm tonight. I've got the suburban gooner Chris for me just 
That's a funny old smile you got there in your face. I'm just a happy man. Nice one. Nice one. Uh, the water boy, uh, Charlie, is in the building. And the Newman, Jay. Uh, Jay. Jay. Jim. 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 The Newman. Jay the Newman. Newman. Not Newman, Newman. Jim Newman. Jim Newman. <laughs> Jim you Newman. You have a new name. In the building. Uh, who's also known as East. East Lower on, on Twitter. East Lower yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. Follow him up. He's got a lot of followers already, but hit him up. On, he doesn't on, think, on them that, you almost said that like he doesn't need any more. No, hit him up on the so- any Do more. it. Do it. Hit him up on the socials. As ever, we are taking calls this evening. 0208 70 20 558 is the number to call out. Love Sport Radio if you want to have your say on Twitter. Gents, we're looking ahead to a midweek round of fixtures in the Premier League uh, this week. I'll, uh, I'll fill you in on. Uh, Who have your horrible on, team got? My, my Palace away. It's Car- well, on Tuesday, it's Cardiff versus Everton, Huddersfield versus Wolverhampton Wanderers, uh, Leicester City versus Brighton, Newcastle versus Burnley on Wednesday, Arsenal versus Bournemouth, Southampton versus Fulham, Chelsea, Spurs, Crystal Palace, Manchester United, Liverpool, Watford, and Manchester City versus West Ham United. Can we catch Tottenham realistically? Yes, we can. I knew you'd say that. <laughs> beating your chest with positivity today I can't wait it's going to be the biggest crumble they've had they are going to capitulate if only I was this positive I don't know what it is you're on but I think we'll have a chat afterwards you can tell me <laughs> honestly I I just think in, to, to get to the top four now we have to have show the kind of consistency that we just haven't shown for the last 14 games so we've lost pretty much half of them I think I know we're slightly better in you know in the, in the last uh, game but it would just ta- it would take a kind of swing of form that we haven't yet really at least not in not not since the turn of the year had, so I, I think it's a it's a tall order. Mm. I think I think you're gonna I think you're gonna know the next three games where we stand, and and then we have a, as I said mentioned before we've got a big break a big big with sort of the is it FA Cup and international break yeah got a nice rest first of April Newcastle was it on the Monday night so I think I'd expect us to beat Bournemouth mm-hmm. we will agree on that I think so I think. It's never a free game, but I think Tottenham's a little bit of a a free game. Because I, I think it's just... A defined free. I, I mean, as in Manchester United, if they beat us, then obviously it's a it's a six-pointer, so to speak, because we we don't get no points. They gain three on us. With Tottenham, I think I would take a point now. I would. I'd take a point. And I think it's, well, that was one of the polls that we actually ran um, for the show tonight, which was... Um, would five you, point, yeah, would you have would you five take, points? Would you take five see, points? I don't see, see, honestly, as much as I'd, I want to beat Tottenham on anything, as you, everyone does, I hate Tottenham. <laughs> but I'd rather have six points and five. If it means losing one and having six, I'd, I'd rather have the six points. And that means beating United. I know it's a really strange theory behind it all. But I think we need six points, and three of them have to be off of United if we want to be top four. So if Tottenham beat us, realistically, I know I said we're going to catch them. Them getting three points above us, we're probably not going to catch them. Mm. But United, we are level pegging with at the minute. How much does it bother you to, to finish above Spurs? <sighs> <laughs> I don't know. It is what it is, isn't it? What can you can't really, some, you, you Arsenal, get, some you, Arsenal fans are massively bothered by it. Some just it's like, not. Do you know, it's it's nice. It's nice on that kind of have a good laugh about it when it happens and yeah. when, you, when you overhaul them in the last bit. But really, you know, there's a, li- a lot more to worry about than that. And it is what it is. They are a, b- a better footballing side than us at the moment. You know, much as I it pains me for those to those words to come out of my mouth, but it's true. And I think it covered the cracks for many years. That one where we finished second in that yeah. league title, we blew that out. We blew that. Mm-hmm. Everyone laughs at Tottenham. 
we blew it up. We beat Leicester that day on Valentine's Day. Yeah. And we should have gone and won the league that year. That we Danny should have Welbeck, won the league. That Danny Welbeck. And we blew that. We took, everyone takes Mickey out of Tottenham because we just capitulated. And then we finished above Tottenham on the last day of the season. We beat Villa and they lost to Newcastle. And, it, and the atmosphere was fantastic in the crowd. It was, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed it. But it covered up a lot of cracks for us. Mm. And I think we do get wrapped up. Don't get me wrong. I mean, until Tottenham win something, we can always laugh at them. They, 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 so it doesn't bother me too much. But this year, I think it's important for us to finish top four. Three years without having it, it's going to be... I, I think it is important, but I also don't think it's necessary. As in, it's not necessary. I, I have a feeling that Emery was said, you've got two years to do it. Yeah. And, you know, realistically, um, and they're right to not jump on him this early, because it's just ridiculous. Yes. You can't. You can't go... You can't start wishing someone in after six, seven, or eight months. It's just, it's just ridiculous. So I think he's got this summer to make the real changes that he probably couldn't make when he came in last summer. And I think there'll be some big clear-outs that we mentioned earlier. And I think that then next year is when, hopefully, what he's learned of the squad he yeah. puts into practice. And that's the year where he's probably got to do it. Yeah, and I, I, th- I think what you said there as well, Jim, is absolutely spot on. This year was a free season for him. As everyone said at the start of the season, he's got two transfer windows, three transfer windows. This year he does, and all this negativity around him already mm. is, is is a is a joke. And well, I, yeah, I said it before. Ultimately, if you start going down that path where you're, you're sacking someone after seven or eight months, I know it was never realistic yeah. on the cards, but there were you know on, on social people were getting a bit het up about it. But you, you know you're on a hiding to nothing forever because yeah. from that point on, if you do that, it's going to be the cycle. Mm. The Chelsea, the Chelsea yeah. cycle. Yeah, I mean, but the weird thing about them is it for they years it stuff. worked. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but you know, I, I just think with uh, with him, I think it'd be deeply unfair to do anything other than give him a whole season, like you say, what, pretty much a free pass. What was Emery's objective coming coming into the season? I think a top. I think I think a good crack at the Europa League. I think with someone with the experience of winning as many times as he has he, as a cup competition, go all out on that. But a top four this year, I think, would be a remarkable achievement. Be, I think it would, and that'd be overachieved. So mm. if he and, and people are saying about oh nothing's changed, we are right in the mix for a full a, a full spot at the minute. We are right in the mix of it. This time we last season we wasn't. We weren't. Yeah. We were well out of it. I think what needed to happen was he needed to the objectives were probably to make us more competitive, yep. which we've so we I feel like we've done. Um, I think also to change perhaps the style and perception of the way in which we play football because it had got stale. And Jim, we were talking about it before we even came on air. It was just a bit boring. I was getting last season, you know, there was a game, I think it might have been Bournemouth away. It was There was an away game and my wife came downstairs because I was watching it on TV and she went, I haven't heard anything from you and it's 75 minutes. Are you okay? And I was just like, I just sort of sighed and went, well, I'm just bored. I'll tell you something. And so that, that, the feel-good factor had to come back. And we started to get that. We got that straight away. You know, it's it's wobbled a little bit as some people are starting to look at. I think it's the style Well, the jury's well. out. The, the jury's out on that. We've had a lot of games this season where we... We've got the right result, but it's been pretty flat, to be honest. And so, you know, again, I think you're asking miracles for someone to come in and completely change after 22 years with the same bloke. Not going to happen. So, mm. I think you had to expect. We had two or three great results, and maybe more than two or three, but we had quite a few dull ones as well. Mm. So, I mean, mm. I didn't expect anything less, less no. than that. I think he's come in. It was a very difficult job to come on after finger, as it was. But he's come in. He's given all the players a chance. You've all got your chance for me. And I think that is his first year. Even with Ozil, I think you've seen with Ozil, we give him his chance at the start of the season. And what he got away with last year, or over the years with Wenger, he's not suffered it. And he's pulled him up on it. And now I think it's a case of, he knows we want to keep. 
He knows who he wants to go. But no one can say that he hasn't given him a chance. Because he has given everyone a chance, whether that be Ramsey, Mustafi, Ozil. He's given everyone a chance. So now, this is summer. I think it's a big summer. And we'll go from there. Go on. And I was going to say, obviously, Wenger leaving was probably a year earlier than everyone thought as, yeah. a, as a structure of the club. So, well, even at the club, yeah. not all the fans. No, not for the fans. No, no, no. Not, <laughs> years no, exactly. later, but not for the fans, what I'm saying. But as, as a club and as a structure and where we are going, it'd probably come a year earlier than we thought, and it's a bit last minute getting Unai in and so forth. Which might explain the back, the, the kind of the, the slight the slight teething problems with the back with the backroom staff as yeah, well. Yeah, and, and and the money available. So mm-hmm. we've got the end of this plan now. Probably where we had a new manager, Wenger was always going to go in this year. We go again. Should we take a pause? Let's, Let's do so. This is Last Spot Radio, eleven minutes past eight. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Yeah, this is Love Sport with Gunners Town Radio. Gents, let's begin our preview to the game uh, against Bournemouth, a side who are sitting 10th in the Premier League, now 34 points off of 27 games now if you think about that that's a really poor haul for someone sitting in the 10th in 10th in position it's it's a very difficult league Watford on 40 Wolves on 40 and Watford and Wolves sitting in 7th and 8th there's a 10 point gap between them and Chelsea so the league very much splitting up what have you made of, of Eddie Howe's side this season? That's up and very, down yeah very I, up and down I, I don't often obviously watch Bournemouth don't make don't a habit of it day. but you know my feelings on match of the day. Let's not get into that ten-minute rant that I did earlier on in the year. But um, occasionally I watch match of the day. Bournemouth seem to be just a team where the results are just random. It's almost as if someone's just randomly uh, number generated their results because they'll win four-one, they'll draw one week. It's it's there doesn't seem to be any real pattern in their form. I think they're one because they don't have the same money as a lot of big teams. You know, they do though. Well, they're a Russian billionaire bond. They do, but they but that you know it's a getting the. I still think they spend a lot for their size, but what I'm saying is I st- they're the kind of club that still, if they have some injuries, then it really affects their you know their performances. And I think from what I I, mean, I don't follow them closely either, but from what I understand, they've had a few injuries this year and and it's affected it. But for, given you know for them to be tenth anyway, they are one of the smallest in terms of fan base and mm. team and um, stadium size. That is pretty remarkable that they're still you know yeah. pretty much um, batting with the big boys, and, and and it's you didn't expect it this many years in. I mean, I I'm, anyway. I'm gonna. I don't know. This is it's, it's it's a forum for sort of <coughs> debate. If you're not in conversation, I'm gonna disagree completely and say the stadium size has nothing to do with it. In the sense of, they've turned around themselves with their stadium, which, let's be fair, was only rebuilt about ten, twelve, or fifteen years ago or something like that, and have said, you know what, it means su- such little to us in regards to the match day revenue. I think it starts in like 10% of it. Yeah, but in terms of fan base, I think also but, what Jim's saying is, you know, the fan base side of it shows that it's not a big club. They're not a massive but club. But they've got... They've got, they've got people people talk 10, about it. People talk about Bournemouth, and this, this is something, you know, um, one of our producers, Dom, who's, who's always here. Dom always has a go at Bournemouth, and I, I've never really understood why. But there was actually a documentary made by, I think it was NBC in America, on Jeff Mostyn, the... You know, the amazing guy who saved Bournemouth. Uh, and, and, and people sort of always talking about little plucky little Bournemouth. Oh, they're brilliant, aren't they? Great, lovely, yeah, fine. 
Do you know how much money went through that club through the championship? The players they were able to bring in. You know, like as a backup striker, you had Eddie Howe going and bringing in Kenwin Jones and and players like that on, on you know decent salaries. They've gone and spent money. They've spent money on Boric on on sorry on on Begovic as a goalkeeper. He hasn't worked. So they've got a 38 year old uh, chubby Polish guy called Arta Boric in goal for them right now. They put Jermaine Defoe on a four year deal. At 35 years old, is I agree, but I still think there's, yes. only a, there's still only a certain. I know they spend money. There's still only a certain type of player they can get because who will actually go to that club? Because they're not going to get European football. They're not. You know, they they are a small club who's done very well, admittedly, with money spent. But they are still at a level where they can't really get much higher. How much did Arsenal yeah. spend in the summer? Seventy million was it? Yeah. What was it? Around Twenty-five seven. on Torreira. We had seven on Gundogan. Eighteen on Papa. Yeah. Twenty odd on uh, uh, Leno. And, and Lichsteiner. What, what if I told you Bournemouth spent sixty? Well, that, that's yeah, I, I know. crazy, isn't it? But they're not the kind of players that Arsenal would have targeted, or any other club that's in the top. You know, I mean, to, to go and chuck nineteen million pound on Dominic Solanke. Yeah, that was crazy. That what yeah. is that, that all about? That, Nuts, isn't it? That's up there, one of the maddest transfers. Liverpool seem to do well with that. Well, they, they did that with Jordan Ibe as well. Oh yeah, fifteen million pound. They wiped out. They wiped out Wickham Wanderers' debts on that. They wiped out Wickham Wanderers' complete club debt. On that one transfer, it's it's absolutely unreal how, how they did that. But you know they sold Benikafobe for ten million pounds. Um, just very very strange how they've done things. I mean, look at that. Jermaine Defoe has has gone to Rangers on a on an eighteen month loan because they just simply don't want him around the place. It, it's just that they're, they're a really strange side and I've watched them at times and they look brilliant at times um, and, and, and they look, you know, sort of horrendous at others. You know what we're going to do? We're going to take a pause. On the back of this, we'll bring Dan in. He's an Arsenal fan. He wants to have a chat. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. Yeah, this is Love Sport Radio. We're just discussing those Michael Owen comments uh, spot yesterday. On. You really? I'll make him spot on. As a football coach myself, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, wouldn't you? You're bitter. I would go and do You're exactly bitter. the same. It's, within it's, it's a shame Michael Owen forgets that he's hated by Liverpool fans now. <laughs> yeah, and he's soon to become hated by Manchester <laughs> United fans. The club where he went and won a Premier League. Don't get me wrong, he scored one great goal for us in the in that derby. But um, yeah, that was pretty much it. A hat trick against Wolfsburg. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Let's talk to Dan. He is on the lines. How are you, Dan? Evening, boys. How's it going? Yeah, not bad, not bad. What do you want to say tonight, pal? Plenty of things to talk about. We're talking about Monchi. We're talking uh, uh, about the draw in the Europa League. Looking back at the game with Southampton. Looking ahead to, to Bournemouth. Take your pick. Well, it's always about the Arsenal. Um, and looking forward to, uh, obviously, the game against Bournemouth and then on to Spurs at the weekend. I think um, Southampton at the weekend is one of games sort of just passes you by, really. You, you go through a season and you sort of just go through the motions a little bit. The most important thing is we've got the, got the result. Yep. Um, make no mistake about it, Bournemouth is no easy feat. Um, but you, you come to the weekend and um, I think that's the biggest one, obviously, for, for obvious reasons. Um, and I think if we can consider ourselves, I want to say lucky, but if we can come out with anything um, from Wembley, then I think we're doing really well because, uh, again, make no mistake about it, obviously the weekend result for Spurs wasn't great. Um, and if they can get anything out of Chelsea, they'll be they'll be uh, happy with that themselves. But but Spurs is a big game at the weekend, and I think if we can get anything out of that, we'll uh, we'll be considering ourselves pretty lucky. Hey Dan, it's Chris here. Um, just a quick one. So um, if you could look into a crystal ball or guarantee yourself um, five points, because this is one of the polls that we ran earlier through um, Bournemouth at home, Tottenham uh, at uh, uh, Wembley, and then 
Man United at home, would you take that? Do you know what? I mean, it, it might seem like a little bit of a defeatist attitude, but we have to kind of remember where we are. I mean, the Manchester United game, I mean, the two home games, you always want to pick up as many points as you can there. Bournemouth, with the greatest respect, as, as I say, it'll be a tough one, but you'd expect us to come through with that. Um, I'm a bit of a realist. I think that, you know, that, again, the United game's a tough one, but I w- the question is, would I take it? Yeah, I most probably would at the minute. Again, United are flying. I think if you get anything out of uh, Saturday, you consider that a big result, and, and Wednesday should should um, be the one where we pick up the three points. Dan, Charlie, how are you, mate? I'm not bad, mate. How are you? Yeah, very well. Do you do you not think that United's a must-win game, though, for us in this one? I think looking forward to that, or we spoke about earlier on, that me personally... As much as five points is nice to keep the unbeaten and three games, but surely points mean prizes. We need six points. That means getting three points against United. And, and I was, I, yeah, no, yeah I, you're, you're totally right. Um, I don't think we're going to get to a point in the season over the next couple of weeks where I think we're going to have to probably throw the eggs in the Europa League basket if yeah. those results don't go our way. And it's a big risk to take, but we'll know within a couple of weeks whether or not we're within a you know, realistic chance of, of getting the top four. Um, and that comes on the back of a United result. Listen, I want to beat United more than anyone. Um, but <laughs> when you play Spurs and Man United back-to-back, obviously with the, the Europa League in between that, um, if you can come out with, with four points from that, then you've done very well. Yeah. Let's, not, let's not kid ourselves. We are where we are and we know where we are. Um, and we're, we're progressing slowly. Um, but like I say, I think in the next couple of weeks, our focus will really try and um, turn towards the Europa League. And just out of interest, how much does, and I've wondered this myself, how much does Emery need to win a trophy? And, and I say this because, let's be honest, you probably get, in now that Wenger's gone and that era's gone, you probably get three seasons, mm. roughly. Mm. And um, is, is it enough for him, if when he eventually leaves Arsenal, let's call hypothetically three, three years down the line, is it enough that he got us in the Champions League? Or do, you know, it, does he need to have won something to go down as a manager that was... That was a good manager. Yeah, he, de- he definitely needs. Uh, listen, we haven't won a European trophy for for too long. Um, it sickens me now, and Chelsea supporters are like this, but it sickens me now that they were the first team to win a European Ugh, Cup. That, but again, mate. No, yeah, again, you know, I often say this to a friend of mine. Um, he says, you know, this Europa League is a good chance for us to win a trophy, and it is. And I want to win it, and I'm sure every Arsenal supporter out there wants to win it. But we really have to be, if we want to consider ourselves to be one of the elite in Europe, we've got to be competing in the Champions League, even if that means being pumped by Bayern Munich and, and Barcelona you know, every sort of 12 months. Yeah. I know, again, it seems like a bit of a defeatist attitude. But no, remember, you haven't got the best team to win the European Cup either. Dan Aaron's laughing here, but you're absolutely spot on, I think. I think we need to be in the quarterfinals of Champions Leagues and... If it means we're getting beat by them, the top, top clubs, then maybe sort of, let's get right, we've not won nothing in the Europa League yet. But that's where we got to be. And I think Dan's spot on there. And we need to just... And I think I think the next two weeks are going to determine if it is the league or the Europa League we're going for. I do find it a bit insidious, though, in that it's so powerful, the Champions League, that it just corrupts everything else. So, yeah. like, you know, the whole the, the fourth is a trophy thing. We laughed at it for so long. <laughs> but the other thing yeah. is that we only talk about the Europe. We genuinely only talk about the Europa League in terms of it would get us into the Champions League. No one's saying it's a trophy in its own right. Can you imagine lifting it up in... Baku, Baku. <laughs> and, and you know that, but that's a moment in in the in the history books of yeah. your club. Whereas you know, 
coming forth it just isn't and i, I understand it all I, you know i i do understand the arguments but to me it's like, it's too almost too powerful the champions league yeah we've had one champions league final in our history um we've had two cup uh, winners cup cups cup. in our history and then there's the fairs cup fairs cup, fairs cup, cup, cup. yeah um and then the UEFA Cup. So we've had like five. And we lost to Galatasaray in Copenhagen. Yeah. So five. So we we've did. had five, six cup fi- European Cup finals in 120 years. This is not enough years. for a club like Arsenal. And as we no, rightly we get told by Villa and places, we go there. Beggars can't be choosers. And I would absolutely love it to be able to go to Baku and to see Arsenal in a cup final. I've never everyone been to a ev- European Everyone cup wants final. to win a trophy. Oh, without a doubt. Everyone wants without to win a trophy. Without a doubt. That's you, you, you ne- let's be fair. You never forget the years that you finish fourth. You, win, you, you, you remember the times you win a trophy. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah, agreed. You know, uh, ask Liverpool fans that. And Tottenham. Ask Tottenham fans. They've, Arsenal they've won fans. nothing. Ask Liverpool fans. Nothing. It's, 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 I mean, you know... It is all about winning something. Um, yeah, uh, what would you make of your, your chances in, in, in the competition, Dan? Uh, again, I don't know too much about Ren. I don't know too, too much about French football. Um, it looks favourable, but of course, like in any competition, when you get to the last stages, you you start to get your, your bigger names. And even in the, in the Europa League, you know, the Seville's are still in there. Um, you know, we're a, a very successful side in that competition. Uh, Milan's still there, albeit Inter. Um, um, we could ask probably for no better manager in is the modern it, day era. Dan, is anyone that worries you? Say that again, mate. Anyone that worries you in that competition? I know, because the, I mean, last year, I mean, we all, we all said, Atletico Madrid, avoid them, we should be okay. Got them in the semi, they'll be able to beat us. Is there anyone in that competition now that you think, oh, we could avoid them? It, there's two. Two that spring to mind. Certainly Seville, like I say, a little bit of... Um, previous with that trophy um, and you might laugh <laughs> Chelsea because even though Chelsea seem to be you know in and around where we're sort of at at the moment uh, are we good enough to beat them over two leagues I know we did it last year in the League Cup um, Chelsea just just I don't know whether our team mentality has sort of organically bonded itself yet to get over a two-legged semi-final or two-legged quarter-final perhaps semi-final against the Chelsea but then like I say everyone who gets to that sort of last eight last four they're, they're relatively big names um, and I think of the teams left in it if everybody come, everyone who ex- or should expect to come through the, the quarter final ties um, they're all of a similar sort of level um, you know the, the, your Seville's your Inters um, and Arsenal themselves we're, we're, we're all there but in answer to your question yeah of course I fancy our chances and I'll bring my back to my previous point I think in the next couple of weeks if the results don't quite go the way we want them to and need them to in order to get to the top four, then I think you'll start seeing perhaps a, a stronger eleven. Maybe not that there haven't been, but you know more emphasis on on really going for the Europa League and, and not only securing Champions League football next year, but a European trophy. And as you boys have quite rightly mentioned, who doesn't like winning trophies? How about a, uh, a Europa Cup final in Baku against Chelsea with a last minute yeah, winner from Lacazette? You take that, mate. Uh, yeah. Listen, listen, you know me, I, I, I very rarely miss any first-team football, but I don't know if my anxiety could take that one. I well, mean, I'm not, spe- gonna, <laughs> I'm not spending two and a half grand going there to lose to Chelsea. <laughs> Brilliant stuff, Dan. Thank you very much for getting in touch this evening. Dan, the Arsenal fan, the 0208 70 if you want to have your say this evening. Forest 1, 
Derby nil in the East Midlands uh, derby this evening at the uh, the City ground. Um, a goal from Johan Benelouan, uh giving Forrest the lead inside some like 73 seconds or something uh, extraordinary like that. But uh, Forrest leading, sorry, Frank Lampard's Derby County. I think that's the official, official uh, line from it. Um, but yeah, some interesting points made there by Dan. It is all about winning. Yep. Mm. Napoli. Napoli, the Na- team. Yeah, no one's, no yeah. one's mentioned Napoli ever at all. That, that, they, they've got a good team. It's quite interesting in that there's quite a few teams who are, you would say that are European giants who've fallen a little bit on hard times. And of course, I put ourselves in, <laughs> in, in that as well. But there are, you know, Inter Milan and Napoli. And yeah, there's some, there are some you know, big old names there. It'd be nice to go back to Villarreal as well, see Santi Cazola. That'd be a nice one. Yeah, but seeing him weave like his way through, you know, the Arsenal midfield doesn't. Feel that, no, too much. The I mean, I, for me personally, that that semi-final, Champions League semi-final, when Lehman saved the penalty, I was out there. It's probably one of my favourite nights as an Arsenal fan. Really? That yeah. Moment, yeah, in that way, and it was special. Yeah, so yeah, I'd like to go back to El Madrigal. Um, we are going to take a pause on the back of this. We'll get the opposition view next. Love Sport Radio, the station giving fans a voice. The opposition view on Love Sport. Time for the opposition view on Love Sport Radio. Delighted to welcome on Steve Jenkins. Uh, he's from the Southside blog. He's a Bournemouth fan and he's probably celebrating. Are you, are you toasting the fact that Mr. Edward Howe is now a Freeman of the city? <laughs> yeah, I just read that about 10 minutes ago. Yeah. I'm sure he's very pleased about that. Uh, are you, are you, he's a local are you boy, so he's going to love it. Are you cracking open a Prosecco or something? Maybe a, <laughs> a Lambrusco? Spumante. Spumante. Or a nice <laughs> Pomaine, John Pomaine, Pomaine from back in the day. I don't have, I don't have, don't have any such things in my house. I'm afraid. Of course, nice cup of tea and uh, and <laughs> yeah, a sit down. Be. Yeah, they exactly. They, <laughs> there you go. What have you made of your season so far? I mean, um, on on the on the occasions I've watched Bournemouth, they've either been brilliant or woeful. Um, and I noticed that there a slight upturn in form happened when uh, Asmir Begovic was dropped as the the goalkeeper. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think you. I don't need to say much more. I think you summed up. We got off to a really flying start. I think, and then because I think you know, you might you might say we had a bit of a an easier fixture list. Maybe I don't know. I think that's about unfair. But like, then you got to play some of the more the bigger teams, shall we say, or the more difficult teams. And I think yeah, we had, and then we've had a few injuries, which seems as, uh, and then we've all got sort of curtailed a little bit. And you are quite right. Bekovic got out. Boric came in, kept two clean sheets, and got two wins. So. I don't know if that's going to do it or not, but I like Boric anyway, so he's doing well. I mean, I mean, the first time I watched you this season, in fact, no, I don't know if it was the first, but it was one of the times I watched you was uh, away at Watford, where you absolutely destroyed them. You know, the the, the fast yeah. flowing attacking football has been brilliant by by uh, by Bournemouth. Um, has Eddie Howe sort of grown up as a, as a, as a manager? Has he matured as a manager over the past twelve months? Because you know, I think. Bournemouth have become a bit more streetwise and they've learnt a proper, proper, proper game plan. Well, I think he said recently, didn't he? So we sort of like, yeah, we, you know, I know we're quite known for our attack in football, but I think, and we're still, but I think we've become a bit more of a counter-attacking team rather than just an all-out attack team. And I think, you know, and he said recently, he goes, I know what our weak points are and defensively is obviously one of them. And he goes, and that's what we've been working on, trying to stop shipping in goals. But obviously... And that didn't work against Liverpool, but, you know, but it's definitely, but there's been, especially at home, it's been, you know, we've had, uh, I think we've only let in about four goals in the last five or six games. 
So, yeah, it seems to be working. So, yeah, I think he's obviously finally, after about four seasons, getting a bit more clued in. Hey, Steve, it's Chris here. Um, what formation is he going to play? Is he going to play four at the back? Because um, I've kind of just, like, obviously, I don't follow Bournemouth too um I should too imagine, because uh, all depends, because we've got, I think we've got, like, cause obviously got Steve Cook's out now as well. He got injured the other day, and with none of the strikers up front, and Lerma's been banned, isn't he, for two games. So I think we're going to be struggling. So I reckon he'll probably play, like, a... Uh, a three-two or a four-five-one, basically. I'd Lerma, imagine Lerma with Josh got, King up front by himself. Lerma got an absolute wonder strike oh, against, us, yeah. against us. So um, that's a bit unfortunate. He's missing. <laughs> He's a good player. Yes, I'm forgotten. Steve, <laughs> um, Charlie, how are you, mate? Um, Nathan, right. <laughs> Nathan Ake. I've seen a few things uh, on Twitter. Obviously, just rumours. Yeah. Uh, someone we could potentially go for in the summer as a centre half. Do you think he's um, ready to step up to one of the big six? Uh, yes, but I don't want him to. Cause no. he's, uh, well, he's, he's, our, he's our best defender. And I would say, uh, you know, looking at Arsenal's uh, back line, I would say he'd probably, he'd probably get in the first team. Yeah? That Not would... say easily. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I don't think Arsenal's back line is particularly their strong point, is it? So no. I think he'd fit in pretty well. Okay. But I hope he doesn't go. Yeah, we shall see. We shall see. Obviously, we played you early on in the season. I was down. I thought we was quite fortunate, to be fair, to come away with the three points. What do you expect on Wednesday night? Our home, our away form is pretty terrible at the moment. I think I can't. I think uh, I had a look just before I came on, and I think we've uh, in the last five games got no points, letting sixteen goals and scored one. So it doesn't bode well, does it? For, that means you're uh, going to beat us 2-0, mate. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I can tell you. Well, let's hope so. Yeah. What, what are we to, is Jim here? Hi. What, what, what are we to make of Eddie Howe? In terms, like, are we to applaud him for his longevity at Bournemouth? Or are, is it about time, if he's got the ambitions to go somewhere bigger, with the great respect for Bournemouth, do you, is it, you know, it going to happen? Because he, he, he seems pretty content. I think I think he's still, like, he, he's often said that he says, I'm... You know, this is not a, like you know, like a one-season project. He goes on building a team, and I think because obviously we don't have maybe some of the financial backing in some of the bigger clubs, that his job is obviously going to take longer and longer to get there. So I mean, I think he's quite happy to stay. And while he's got the man, uh, the backing of uh, the owner, I think I don't, I can't see him going anywhere for a couple of seasons at the very least, because I think he wants to achieve something at Bournemouth. Well, on, on on that note, what what is because Bournemouth's done phenomenally well given the size of the club over the last you know f- five six years. What you know, what is the next? What would the next stage be for Bournemouth? Because to me, like they're getting in the top ten is a phenomenal achievement for a club like Bournemouth. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you know we really we you know I can't ever see us becoming a top six team or unless some miraculous amount of money comes our way and you know and we anyhow stays for forever. But I think I think the next stage is probably is the very best a Europa play a league place, which I I don't even see that happening really. So I'm looking for us to uh, maybe have a cup run. I'd like to see us do really well in the FA Cup or even the League Cup because mm-hmm. we've not done we've done pretty poorly in the last couple. Well, we got some quarterfinals once, but I think we'd like to see something more like that. Maybe next season they take them seriously. How do you expect Bournemouth to to set up and then sort of line up against Arsenal? Well, like I said, as we got loads of people out, I think we will have uh, it'll be the back. It'll be very much the same team that played against Wolves. So, like you know, with King up front by himself, and then a five midfield, and 
well, with two wingers and probably four at the back, probably, depending on who's fit. <laughs> so it'll be, yeah, hopefully nick a goal on the counter-attack. Well, yeah, I, th- I think I think that's something you'd probably play up for there, to be fair. So you're talking about sort of wanting a cup run. Do you, as a team like Bournemouth, do you not think you'd need to put a bit more emphasis into the sort of the cups and sort of stuff? Because where would you go out to in the FA Cup? Who'd go out to first yeah. round? Well, the third round, when I went out to Brighton at home to Brighton as well. So that was pretty poor. Yeah, I thought we lost 3-1. So I was hoping for more. <laughs> I think that's one of the problems with the problems that I have with it. There's a there's a collective of teams that don't seem to yeah. want to go for that kind of cup run. So the fans, um, as Steve's talking Leicester's about, the Leicester, prime West Ham, Newcastle, Bournemouth, all good teams, all stable st- like teams in the Premier League. And so the fans want that type of cup run, but. The teams, it's just the, pragma, the innate pragmatism around the, the Premier League is... I think that's what's lost Puel's job, isn't it? Well, the thing is, the thing is, like, you know, we were we were in a very good position when we played in the FA Cup, so you'd have thought, right, you know, and, but then perhaps he thinks that he's got to play a few of the uh, squad players as well to give them a chance and see what they can offer. But I don't know, so I don't know what his thinking is, but I would just really like us to see do really well, probably in the FA Cup, preferably. And that is why I said to you, Chris, outside that I prefer the Football League to the Premier League. It's becoming too sanitised uh, for me. Uh, enjoy the uh, enjoy the bubbles or the tea or, or, or whatever you're, you're going to be enjoying this evening, Steve. Congratulations to Eddie Howe on being the uh, given the keys to the city of Bournemouth. Um, is it a town or a city of Bournemouth? I don't know. Maybe we should have asked Steve. But yeah, we should have asked Steve. There, there would have been, it would have been handy. There, he has gone. Uh, how do you see Arsenal getting on in this one? I think it'd be a routine win for Arsenal, three <laughs> nil. Is there such thing as a routine win? No, for Arsenal, I, I think Southampton was another one with like a routine. It will win, and, and you know, Steve, Steve called it in their away form. It's actually shocking. Yeah. So, so you know, we, we we should win that one. It's and um, you know, it's the ones after we need to worry about. I'm, more. I'm, I'm always confident with us at home. Have we? I mean, I don't yeah. know. Have they? I, my memory's terrible, but I don't think we've dropped any points against Bournemouth at home. Have I we? don't recall. Not home, no. No. Away, away, there's been away, a kick yeah. away, crackers, yeah. 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 Uh, no, I think, I think we should win. Uh, let's take a pause after the break. We will be speaking to Adam Digby about Monchi. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. Yeah, this is Love Sport Radio, ready to talk all things Monchi now uh, with Adam Digby, Italian football journalist. How are you, Adam? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, all good, all good. Thank you for joining us this evening. We've been talking about the pros and cons of Arsenal employing uh, Monchi as a potential director of football, head of technical, head of recruitment. Call him what you want. Um, first and foremost, what a what a what's the level of truth in this rumor? Um, it's very difficult because he's a very, very close character. He he keeps things very close to his chest, and he's very professional. And he would never—it's not even March yet—he would never come out and say he's he's going to leave. He did the same thing when he was at Sevilla. Um, he, he played that very close to his chest as well about when he was going to move on and where he was going to go. And it had been quite widely reported in Italy that he was coming to Roma. Um, but he was still downplaying it, saying, let's wait until the end of the season. My interests are, are what is best for Sevilla. Um, so I think it, it's very difficult to read anything into it. I think if, if people close to Arsenal have that knowledge, then there's, there's a fair chance that that could be genuine um, because because of their inside information. Um, but but from, from Monchi's point of view, he's, he's never going to confirm or deny it. Adam, hi, it's Chris here. Um 
what a lot of been a lot has been made of some of the signings, the high profile signings at Sevilla and then also at Roma. What have his recent signings uh, been like? And again, you're talking to somebody who isn't really into Italian football that much. Has it been? Has he been successful of late, or are people getting a little bit just too excited about a backroom appointment? I I think it's it's, it's very. Um... It's very easy to to find uh, evidence for whichever side of the argument you want to get on with Monchi. If if you want to um, say that he's this incredible guy who does the the most amazing work to find players and identify players and then sell them on for a great profit, um, you you can look at guys like Sergio Ramos, Dani Alves, and then you can point to the trophies that Sevilla won. Um, you you can look at the sale of Alisson. Um, uh, from Roma to Liverpool, and, and you can justify everything that he's done. But I think for for every Danny Alves, Sergio Ramos, uh, Alisson, there, there's a, a Robin Olsen who's been terrible in goal for Roma over the past <laughs> few weeks and months. Um, and, and there's every bit of evidence you want to to point to that he he makes mistakes and and he kind of makes the best of a bad bunch in a lot of ways. Um, for the past six, eight months. The problem with Roma has really been the amount of talent that he's been forced to sell. Um, Stretching back as far as Mohamed Salah, there's a a whole ream, an entire squad almost of of players who he's been forced to to move on from Roma and and replace. And and for probably half of those, he's found the ideal replacement. But then he's also playing Federico Fazio in in central defence and Tottenham Hotspur fans are going to tell you how well that is going. (laughs) Um, also, what's talking about if he come to Arsenal? Obviously, you like to think like people talk about Sven. He brought in a Bambi Yang, obviously from Dortmund and so forth. A player that does interest me a lot, and someone we have been linked with, is the young Turkish lad. Is it uh, Kenis Unda? Was it Unda? Yeah. Do you think someone like him could be leaving this summer from Roma and maybe Arsenal a possibility? Yeah, I do. I think, that, again, that goes back to the same point, really. There's a lot of guys like Chenis Under. There's a Nicolo Zaniolo, who he picked up as part of the Rajanangolan deal from Inter, who's then gone on and scored great goals in the Champions League and important goals for Roma in Serie A and, and has, frankly, been better this season than Rajanangolan has been for Inter. Um, but... And and that therein lies the problem. Really, he's he's found these guys like Chenis under like Nicolo Zaniolo, um, who who will obviously go on to leave Roma for bigger and better things. And and he's great at that. And I think that's kind of the problem for me. If I'm looking at this as an Arsenal fan, he's Monchi is a guy who was ideal at Sevilla when. Sevilla are not expected to to surpass Real Madrid or Barcelona, but if they can be the third or fourth best team in Spain, that's really good. And probably the same at Roma too. If if he can be, he's obviously not going to be as good as Juve, maybe not as good as Napoli, but if he can finish above Inter or Milan and get into the top four and, and identify two or three good young players who we can sell for a fortune and, and bring in somebody else, he's great at that. It, it's kind of his almost comfort zone, if you like. And 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 then you go back to the, the question, the long-time question at Arsenal is, is the top four better than a trophy? And that's kind of the niche where Monchi falls to, is, is he'll get them to be fourth. But once you're looking at above and beyond that, 
maybe you you're going outside of his comfort zone maybe you're you're looking beyond his limitations and I definitely think for everything that we've seen at Monchi from Sevilla and at Roma he definitely has a ceiling on what he can achieve um, yeah, uh, it's, uh, hi, it's, G- it's Jim here. Um, I, I think all of these sporting directors here around Europe are wor- working in a very crowded market and they've all got data you know, backed up by these data wizards and, and scouts everywhere. So you kind of think yeah, there are some gems to be found, but everyone's after the similar type of players. So how much of it is, is, is down to relationships? Like, it sounds like he, he's, he's good mates with Emery. Do, do we know any more about his relationship with, with Emery? The, the, the two are obviously very close, man. Emery probably more than any other manager has grasped what Monchi is trying to achieve. And I, I think with any um, sporting director, coach relationship, that's hugely important. Um, and I, I don't think he can downplay that. I think that that is essential to the, the success. I think he's finding the the problems now with um, Eusebio Di Francesco at Roma, where they're quite, not quite on the same page. They may be looking at different things and, and Unai Emery definitely grasps Monchi's strengths and Monchi grasps uh, Unai Emery's strengths. And that could only benefit Arsenal. But I, I, again, it's kind of a, a, a poison chalice almost of, of yes, the, the two are hugely compatible. They, they work fantastically well together. But they also weren't winning the league or, or, or even challenging for the title in their time together. So... I, I think it's it's hugely important. I think the the way that Monchi can can develop relationships with with coaches, with players, with clubs, is is a massive part of his success. But it's it's also a huge indicator of his limitations too. Hi Adam. Also, what you just said before about Monchi could be someone who could come in and get Arsenal fourth, third, back in the Champions League regularly, and so on. For me, at the moment, the way Arsenal are, I think we need that at the minute. We just need to. I, I generally can't see us competing with Man City at the moment. I, I think we're we're a country mile away from them. I think we need something like that. So, as an Arsenal fan, you, you, someone's going to come in and deliver us fourth every year and make us a steady Champions League team again. I'd be happy with that personally. Uh, uh, until 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 you need to go to the next level. Yeah, and then, then we yeah. then we decide we have to be ruthless. Yeah, 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 exactly. So so for me personally, all the things I've read up on Monchi and and I quite like the relationship we've got with Emery. And and obviously Raul, if the the three of them get on Raul and Monchi and Emery, I, I can only see it being positive for Arsenal. To be fair, what, what, what were your thoughts on that? To be honest, I would totally agree with that, and I I, I think that's the same thing with Roma too. I think you, you have to be realistic about your your place in life mm, almost. And, of and yeah, nobody as a nobody as an Arsenal fan wants somebody to turn around and say, yeah, but come on, let's be honest with with the money that they've got. And, and having Pep Guardiola, Manchester City are, are light years ahead of where you are and your chances of competing with them are, are, are almost non-existent. You really need somebody who can make you the fourth best team in England. You're not going to accept that on face value, but the reality is we you need have a lot better than where you are now. Yeah, exactly. And, mm. and, and really, with the budget that they've got, with the, the limitations on Arsenal as a club, and that, that's... That's no disrespect to Arsenal. That's, a, if anything, that's a, an admission of, of frankly, where, where a, a team at. like Manchester City are. It's perfect. It, it really is. And and yeah, then maybe in five years' time, you have a, a difficult conversation about about moving on from Monchi, about moving on from Unai Emery, about 
whether the players that you've got and the squad that you've assembled can take you to the next level. But I, I think that's a very difficult conversation where if we if we break this relationship, if we try and move on to something bigger and better, are we going to go back to where we were when we broke off the relationship with Arsene Wenger? Mm. It's, that's a different... To me, that's too... You have to separate the two. And for right now, Monchi and Unai Emery getting you to be the fourth best team year in, year out, consistently a Champions League club, consistently get to the last 16 of the Champions League. Maybe you drop into the Europa League and, and you win a trophy. That looks pretty good today, right? I agree, yeah. It does indeed. Adam, uh, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Fascinating, fascinating insight uh, you've given us there. Chris? Abu Diaby's just retired. Vasariki? Yep. Only just. Maybe we should just... Yeah. Maybe we should all just retired uh, eight years ago. He's he? literally should retired. We have, a, um, should we have a minute of reflection. <laughs> Sunderland away. I thought he retired. Yeah, uh, Vasariki Abu Diaby. I always used to just quite enjoy that was his his, his, his yep. real name. Gone. Should, should give... Finally, probably a bit like Wenger. About five years too uh, too late, I'd imagine. Bless him. It's a joke how we give another contract. I think personally, but a hundred a hundred and twenty four appearances for Arsenal over nine years. It's, um, it's not very many. 14, 15 a season. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, <clears throat> it's all a case of what what might have been with him. Very sad for him, other than a you know, wealthy man. But p- from a footballing perspective, it's a, it's a sad yeah. one. 180, in fact. 180 appearances, uh, 19 goals. So that was 124 league appearances. Uh, in fact, um, serious injury problems, though. Yeah. Uh, I remember God. going to Birmingham away, I think it was. And Almunia, I think, threw the ball into his own net. Uh, Kevin Phillips scored last minute 2-2 I think it was but that day Diaby was brilliant mm. and that was actually returning from injury he'd managed to get four or five games uh, injury free and he was brilliant that day and he just the way he could just ghost past yeah, he was good at that. the pitch two games that really stood out to me with Diaby was one we played Fenerbahce away we won 5-2 and he was, he was immense and we played Liverpool in the Champions League um mm. Up there, we got beat, but he was, he was unreal. He scored early on. Yeah. But no. R.I.P. Um, Abu Dhabi. He's not dead. No, he's just <laughs> retired. Well, retire in peace. R.I.P. his retire career. In peace. Retire yeah. in peace. Um, very quickly, though, Bournemouth is a town and a, and, and a borough. <laughs> uh, it's not actually uh, a city. I just thought I'd uh, I'd let you know. We can sleep easy. Yeah, we can. <laughs> we can all rest easy this evening. Um, how do you see this one going against Bournemouth? Again, they're, they're, they're a funny old team, aren't they? Yeah, it's an odd one, but again, like the gents have already said, I kind of have faith that we should be able to pick up. I don't think I don't think we're going to get lots of goals. I think it wouldn't surprise me if a very very similar match to the Southampton yeah. match happens. If we get two up in the first half, then perhaps it'll just be back to, you know, just coast out the game, control, hopefully manage the game, and take roll it on there. Tottenham. Yeah, which I'm not not confident about at all. No, no. I mean looking ahead to that North London derby. What, what, Anything concerning Harry Kane and his apparent invincibility? I mean, if he had one leg, he could probably regrow a new leg in about three mm, weeks uh, and score against us. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Bionic man. I just think we've got a, a slightly, relatively easier game. I think against Bournemouth, Tottenham are back of a defeat, and now they've got Chelsea, who are going to want to prove something. It's going to be a tough game for them. Let's go and see how we go, mate. Come on, you Gunners. <laughs> uh, Jim, for you, uh, the North London derby. Um, I mean, 
it, it's 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 going to be a funny old one. Spurs are going to want to obviously prove something following that defeat against Burnley, which no one actually foresaw. But um, they they're going to want to prove something. Arsenal are going to want to prove something. Arsenal want to chase Spurs down. It it's going to be a, a real fascinating contest. I just hope it doesn't emanate into one of those ball draws. It definitely won't. Not not not, not with Arsenal. We're always sling a couple in. Form tends to get out the window. Anyway, sling a couple in. We do, don't we? We do. I, I, form, no, I'm just saying, form goes out the window pretty much. Um, all, you know, it, it, it's uh, it's such a kind of febrile atmosphere that it pretty much could go either way. But um, we are, our record away at Spurs in the recent years is not good. No. It's dreadful, isn't it? Some mm-hmm. great derbies this weekend as well. Uh, you've got Spurs, Arsenal. You've got uh, on the Sunday Fulham, Chelsea, and Everton, Liverpool as well. So it's one of them big super derby weekends. Nil nil, one nil, nil nil nil. It's exactly how it's. I'll take a draw now, though, Wembley. Yeah, I'll take a draw now. You you want three points against Bournemouth, though. Yes, and three points against United a week later. That's the one. Yeah, we'll be we'll be chatting about that next week. I'm sure we will be going into depth uh, uh, about that one. Uh, But yeah, how's it going to go? Give some score burritos. What Tottenham? Yeah. No, no, well, well, well Bournemouth. Bournemouth 2 0. Tottenham, I think, will lose probably 2 1. Bournemouth 3 0. Tottenham 1 1. Uh, I'm going to go for a Bournemouth 2 0, and I'm hoping that the uh, song just just goes in ahead of me before I make my Spurs prediction. But no, damn it, it hasn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I will go for a. Um, be positive. Be positive. Oh, no. 2 0. 1 0. Yes! <laughs> Sitting on the fence there. Uh, it's a good debut from you, though, Jim. Well done, Charlie. Thank you very much. Uh, once again, get that water down your pat. And Chris, great to see you once again, mate. Love Always you a too. pleasure. Love Always a pleasure. Uh, it's the Arsenal Fancher on Love Sport. Love